Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Hello, everyone. This is Tori, and I'm your host for the Tori Sess Show. It is December 27th, 2018. And there's a lot to talk about today. Yesterday, I had an immense amount of technical difficulties. And, you know, one can safely speculate, you know, the topic of discussion was not very well liked by those that it was referring to but we'll stay on topic. Uh, Laura Loomer was going to join us today, but she won't. Um, she is doing stuff <laughs> that I'm not at liberty to share, but um, she will be with us on Friday. I will be tweeting it, gabbing it, and Facebooking it uh, to tell you if she's going to be on the first segment of my show or the second. Now, this morning, I finally published a piece that I've been working on To demonstrate to everyone this sinister trend that we see in the past, from the past three administrations, um, and specifically referring to that of our children. Our children, uh, you know, as the song goes, our future, right? They represent our future. And it is our job as a society to encourage, support, and guide them. It isn't a child if if raised in an environment or assaulted or um, undergoing certain stressors, I would say, to mind my words, that child cannot function in society correctly as an adult. This is why you see all these people paying for therapists, you know, um, you know, in regards to childhood memories, um, parental issues, because when you are a child, you are being molded into an adult. You are constantly learning. You are learning behaviors, learning words, learning sounds, colors, uh, grasping uh, knowledge and tools that you will be putting together and using uh, um, as an adult to contribute to society. But before we get into all of that, before I tell you, because I hinted it yesterday, so today I'm actually going to break it down for you, just how sinister, how vulgar, how appalling this whole matter is, I want to focus on the fake news media. All of them were very excited to write pieces of how our president 
did not visit any troops during the holidays, how our president has broken this uh, fairly new tradition. So it's a tradition because the past president did it. And, you know, meanwhile, while they're writing these articles, he's on his way to Iraq in an active war zone, risking his life, which then they threw in his face thing. Didn't you think about the presidency? Didn't you think about the country? What if something happened to you? Yes, he did. But he also thought of the troops. And on the other hand, how do you cut out middlemen? You go straight to the generals there. You go straight to the troops there to figure out what the next plan is now that you're pulling out of Syria, to figure out what you can do to stop countries taking advantage of yours. That's what he did. So not only did he visit the troops, but he got to work. And there's no need to delegate an envoy or send someone to talk to them. The commander-in-chief can do it just fine himself. We see them ridiculing themselves, I would say, by making fun of Melania and her choice of, of where, uh, making fun of the fact that, you know, they arrived there and they were being cheered on. Uh, totally uh, horrid for them to say how not a political um, – how politically charged it was because, you know, troops had MAGA flags and hats of their own, mind you, right? Those weren't distributed to the troops. The troops have their own because they love their president. And they made it sound like, oh, look at him with his fan club. And it's kind of like, do you remember when Obama visited troops, how he was signing hats and pictures and taking selfies and, you know, kicking it with the troops? But it's bad when President Trump does it? No, here's what's bad for the mainstream media, for the fake news media. Them realizing that the most important component of our nation as far as citizens that can actually enforce and do upon them too is the military. And our president has unwavering support from the troops. Unwavering support. They love him because as a soldier, airman, sailor, puddle pirate, Coast Guard, right? <laughs> And, and a jarhead, you can identify a true leader. You can identify someone that wants to streamline issues and get to the bottom of it. No dilly-dallying. Let's just get it done. When you're in that line of work, you can identify who is actually a true leader and who's not. So this scares them, and it should. Because if things happen the way uh, they're looking to happen, they're not going to have a very good time. The mainstream media is an arm of this DC mafia, this network of clowns that believe that they are more important than you. They know better for you. No, they know better for them. That 1% that is trying to convince the nation that they must forfeit their right to fortunes, forfeit their right to competition, and that everyone should have the same, except for them, of course, because they're the 1%. It is really incredible to see these attacks. It actually saddens me, um, you know, that they would do something like that. How would you, how can you justify such actions?
How do you justify such actions? Really? But I have to say, I was very happy to see him in Iraq. Because you know what that means? That means he talked to the people he needed to talk to see what our strategy is. That speaks volumes. That is what these clowns, this D.C. mafia should be fearing. That even though he came in to Iraq, a hotbed of war is going on. Any moment something could have gone wrong, he risked it because he's fighting for us. You know, he is pushing to fix this. And today, later on in the show, we'll talk about how he's fixing the problem of pedophilia. Of destroying our future by corrupting and abusing our children. And believe it or not, this is being done through legislation. They were trying to corrupt our children through legislation, but we'll talk about that later. I want to play a little clip for you um, where President Trump was uh, sitting at a table with um, all his officers, and a reporter asked him, you know, how did you feel? You know, were you scared? How was it coming over here? And listen to what he has to say. But I'll tell you what you can't see, um, um, you know, his body language, which spoke volumes for me. So here we go. Let me play this clip for you. to the institution of the presidency. Because, not for myself personally. I have concerns for the first lady, I will tell you. But if you would have seen what we had to go through with the darkened plane, with all windows closed, with no lights on whatsoever, anywhere, pitch black, I've never seen it. I've been in many airplanes, all types and shapes and sizes. I've never seen anything like it. We're coming in, and I, I know all of the things that, that were surrounding us for safety. So did I have a concern? Yeah, I had a concern. But my bigger concern was maybe the people that were with me, certainly all of them, except I think John Bolton, he's a pretty tough guy. He can handle it, right, John? <laughs> John can handle it. And by the way, John and I agree on all of this, and I think... So John and I agree on all of this, and this is where he is talking... Um, with the military there. So if you heard him correctly, he said, you know, yes, I was concerned about the presidency. And at that point, he reserved his hands, which means that he didn't want to speak more about that because that means that there's more there. And of course, he's concerned about the institution of the presidency. I'm concerned about it, aren't you? Every single day, I'm praying, please, Lord, keep this man safe. Make sure you surround him with as much protection possible because we need him. So his retraction, his body retracting back into the chair and crossing his arms means there's more to it. It wasn't just about the flight. And then he talked about the flight, how they came in, you know, dark, because that's how you have to go. 
how he was a little bit concerned. Um, I, I mean, who wouldn't? I've flown in in the night on choppers in enemy territory. It's not fun because you're just like, well, what if they do see you? Then you're done because you can't see where it's coming from that easily, I guess, if there is incognito. So, you know, he expressed his concerns about Melania, and you saw Melania kind of shift her position, which meant they felt pretty secure but concerned. He also, um, you know, said, you know, I wasn't concerned about Bolton. Because he's tough. Because he is. Everybody hates Bolton. And um, within the community, he's known as a very cutthroat individual. Uh, You know, he's very stern and very bottom line. Um, And, you know, he's not afraid on stepping on toes, necks, and heads to get the job done uh, and fulfill his objective. Uh, Though he's actually quite um, morally sound from what we see and the way he acts. So I kind of like that. Uh, So I was very excited. That means my president not only visited these troops that are celebrating Christmas away from home in hostile territory, but he also discussed plans with no need for plumbers. Excellent. No need to worry who's hovering over your head. No need to worry who's going to leak or tell the enemy what we're doing. I was really pleased to see this. And, you know, I also like the fact that he stopped off in Germany. I mean, the troops there, you know, you know, the base in Germany is a little America. We have everything there, right? Um, I'm really hoping that's one of the first bases we close just to show Germany that you're not paying your fair share, you're not, you know, contributing, and yet here we are contributing to your defense and your local economy. And, you know, we have various satellite bases, you know, around Germany. And, you know, think about it. Like, why? Why do we have those bases? Why are we spending all this money overseas to have these installations? No other go. We don't see the Germans having it, not even one base here, or the British, or the French, or the Chinese, or the Russian. Why do we have it? Ah, taking back to what I've been saying, the hard truth that our country manufactured this global idea, that our country set the tone on December twenty fourth, nineteen thirteen, when the Federal Reserve was created where we crashed the global economy, forcing every nation to bow down to the Federal Reserve's note dollar. No more gold, no more silver, no more commodity back. We did that. And out of that came World War I. But after World War I, just go back into the history books and see just how many countries started backing their currency with the dollar. All of our so-called allies did. And then you fast forward to World War II, where Hitler began his campaign with no nefarious type thing, but a socialistic, nationalistic, we're not doing the dollar, back it by the gold idea. And the only reason he chose his fixation with the Jews, that he picked on them and called them the source of all evil, not killing all of them, but he killed millions, right? Um, 
it was because the owners of the Federal Reserve happened to be Jewish. So because they all happened to be Jewish, all the Jewish people are bad. And then that war escalated pretty quickly. You know, and then after World War II, we saw all European nations like Italy. Well, no, Italy had already done it. So kind of like uh, it was uh, Greece, uh, Cyprus, um, Albania, um, Portugal, and then, you know, other little spinoff countries that came out started to back their currency with the dollar too. So no more backing your currency with gold, no more backing your currency with actual production and, you know, your thriving country's economy. It was all about the Federal Reserve. You know, and then we went to Cuba. Cuba didn't like it in the 70s. They said no. So we're like, okay, we're going to do this false flag. Y'all read that stuff, right? It's online where they had actually planned a false flag invasion thing, right? But they didn't do it. They didn't go through it. The the documentation is literally (laughs) – up there so you can see it um, under the FBI files. Uh, you could just put Cuban false flag or uh, I'll figure it out and I'll tweet it and I'll talk about it tomorrow because we need to talk about false flags. Um, you know, maybe I might mention it at the end of the show to tell you where I'm going with this. So, you know, we, we convinced all these nations around the world to drop their economy and, and join ours. And in, in that you know, feeling of join our economy, let's all be one, everyone back your currency with dollar, and then we'll just roll it out to one global currency at some point 100 years down the line, we created military installations. I mean, it's common sense. This is, this is not something new. This happened throughout history, empires, kingdoms, right? You know, this is just another way of kingdoms, but instead of being you know, head on and calling it what it is, calling a pig a pig. We put lipstick on it and said, this is just, you know, allies and partnerships. Isn't that the way Mattis worded it? Allies and partnerships, alliances. That's what we did. So, you know, that fateful day on the 24th of December, 1913, the world changed. And I think it's about time we start changing it back undoing some of the wrongdoings that have happened, reversing uh, the process, fixing it, giving control back to the people the way democracy is intended to be, that the people dictate everything. They dictate their laws. They dictate their economy. I mean, if I work, I should make money. I shouldn't be working three jobs and not have money. This is how you drive an economy, by working. What's the point of working if I'm not going to make any money? This is how you get socialism. So this is time, as we see, with the you know introduction of the bill to define the dollar as weight in gold indicates to us that we will be reverting and we will be gaining back the ability to dictate our economy. This was the whole point of the TPP, the Paris Accord, and NAFTA. The fact that we don't dictate the terms other people dictate for us. And the other people is the nemesis of the Federal Reserve. Because, you know, you can't have a good balance or stable, as I would say, if you want to call it stable economy. Uh, it's actually pretty rigged. They work hand in hand. 
We have the Federal Reserve that creates the positive cash flow that dictates how much money is out there. And then we have the IMF that dictates how much debt is out there. So they um, drive the debt and cash flow, the, the production, right, the positive cash flow in opposite sides. So you need that balance. These two organizations were created concurrently. You need the yin and the yang, and that's what they're doing. Those are the two players on this planet right now. And the, and, and the thing is, the IMF actually trades in a currency, the XDR, which is the debt of a country's currency. So we're going to take control of our economy. 2019 is going to be amazing. I know we're going to have a huge market crash. You know, we saw Rothschild tweet out to Trump to leave the Federal Reserve alone. Sounds like someone's getting nervous. Why are you tweeting from your verified account to leave the Fed Reserve alone? Is it because other companies you own are now on lockdown? Is it because certain energy companies are under subpoena? Is it because some security firms owned by your family have been on lockdown and raided? Or is it, uh, what is it, a cement factory in Arizona that, you know, kind of links up to the show that um, I'm going to have starting on the second half of this, of this hour relating to children? Is that why you tweeted it out? Because, you know, with all that going on, to have your Federal Reserve, your shares be threatened, that would be a big problem, right? They're getting nervous, and they should. Our president is making so much progress. He is literally making them come out with full force and... Here's the kicker. None of them are even trying to hide their bias anymore. They don't care. They just hate him, and they will demonstrate that to you in any way, shape, or form they can. I mean, they're so upset with what he is doing. Even, you know, Michelle Obama couldn't keep herself composed and showed her nastiness uh, towards Melania Trump. They are running scared, and they should be, because like I've said before, Our president is a genius. Because unlike presidents before him that have tried to make changes, tried to revert actions that had been done against the people, and as JFK said in his final speech, he knew there is a plan to enslave every man, woman, and child, and he will do everything he can to stop it. Obviously, they stopped him. The thing is, all of them trusted the institutions that we vote for, that we stand by. Institutions like the FBI, the Department of Justice, our intelligence community. They had faith. They had faith that every person working there would honor their oath. They had faith in the judges. They had faith in all of these people. That was their mistake. Because as we can see, the whole nation now has lost faith in our institutions of law enforcement, intelligence, our legal institutions. I mean, the chief Supreme Court justice accepted an appeal to a three-panel district court judge decision against a company that's been subpoenaed 
for Uranium One has nothing to do with Mueller. First of all, yes, he gave a stay on the order, and that means it's happening, and you can't do anything about it. But that's not the point. The point is procedure. He shouldn't have even accepted it, which means someone called in a chit in a favor. Because you can't jump the chain of command. You can't create legal avenues where there aren't any. You can't get the chief Supreme Court justice to answer. Speaking of Supreme Court justices, see, I've, I've constantly, I was constantly being told that I was wrong about Ruth, you know, when she slipped and fell and cracked her ribs. You know, that's the only time anyone's ever called me out for being wrong. And I'm like, okay, I was wrong, but you know what? I'm thinking I'm not because I got word yesterday that the decisions that um, Ruth has been making, you know, on cases that have gone through have all been from her hospital bed. Makes you wonder, is she the one voting and opining or is someone else doing it for her? So maybe I was right there too. <coughs> you know, and like I said, her death or her unplug, like we saw with 41, may come at a time uh, that we don't need the distraction. So for me, you know, that's a problem. I mean, I, I don't like distractions. I'm the type of person that doesn't do distractions. I can distract myself on my own very well. Thank you. I don't need help. Um, but she will be distracting, and we're going to be really busy. January, February, March, we're really busy because throughout this period, this dark 10 days that we have before January 1st, there is a lot going on. A lot of resignations. We saw a wave of that come in on the news uh, yesterday you know, from nationwide, from charities to boards and companies and churches. So that's pretty amazing. I'm up for my break, and I will see you guys in just a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 
That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194. Promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. first half hour just flew by is it me or is it because it's super cold <laughs> time is just moving faster um because i don't i don't understand how we had no snow when we usually have snow here in north dakota from october november and december and now it's just piling on kind of makes me wish i did buy that snow blower uh during black friday sales <laughs> so As we can see, President Trump is really throwing a wrench into plans. He is changing the way people see things. He is calling people out and making it apparent as to exactly what is going on. So yesterday, those of you that were able to hear my painful um, broadcast because it seemed like everything collapsed and all I had was my microphone and a connection to stream. Everything else had just decided not to work. So today what I wanted to talk about is something that I am a huge um, advocate for, and that's children. I have been on my own for over 10 years working on trying to track down organizations that traffic children. And more so um, because of an event that happened where I met a young lady that was, you know, a young adult. She was 17 going on 18 who was brought into our country by one of these programs to work you know they're kind of like foreign exchange students come to for the summer to work kind of program those are the biggest organizations where they traffic human beings and children like nobody's business 
these are organizations that actually get support and money from the State Department. And one, there were two actually, specific organizations that were linked to the Clintons that I focused on. It was called American Pool Enterprises. So apparently they have, they service pools or do lifeguard duty or whatever. And, and you know, it was funny that in the state of North Dakota, they had like people working at pools and stuff like that. And they had over a hundred people coming in and I'm thinking, but the whole state in itself, like public pools, right, would have maybe like 50 and that's pushing it. No less than that so it makes you wonder how this all occurs and all of them and there are complaints uh through FOIA requests on uh, from the state department and many that i have done myself where you can see that these 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 immigrants coming in with visas are complaining that they're being uh, housed up into hotels and told by the business owners that are supposedly sponsoring them right to work to to work in like work work you know what i'm saying um so if you're a woman you need to work on promiscuous things same with the males the fact that they didn't feed them there was one here in minot and the and and that manager of the hotel was double dipping and didn't even identify herself as a as a salaried employee from American Pool Enterprises, which, by the way, now is called United Work and Travel. You can find them. I actually contacted the Attorney General's office in Texas and uh, New Hampshire about six months ago to tell them, hey, the, that company's operating in your state, but it's not registered with the Secretary of State. Maybe you want to take a look at that because you would expect a company because this is what they do that operates in your state to register with the secretary of state, especially when they're bringing migrants from other countries to work, which are vulnerable people. Because when you bring someone from another country, Russia, you know, Somalia, you know, Nigeria, India, wherever, and they come here and they see what they see on TV thinking that this is the land of opportunity, that you just get a job and you get all this great stuff, which is not true. You need about three or four jobs to do that, you know, ideally for the average American. You know, they come here with their bright eyes and they are willing to do anything to stay here especially when they come from these impoverished nations and the thing is this company if you check the profile out of the people that they hire you know for this summer work program they all come from foster homes they're orphans um you know had a tough life maybe had a juvenile record that are looking for a better life and out of a hundred that come into the country only 10% go back. Some of them arrive, get picked up by the sponsor um, of the company to be taken to the apartment where they're going to live in, and then they never see them again. they just illegal immigrants in our nation. That's another way they bring them in. They disappear. So this is, this is something that, I, that I've been following, and it's not just children. It's adults too, right? Because think of it, you're coming from a country that's horrific in standards, you can't get a job, you know, there you can feel the wealth gap more, kind of like in Europe, 
So you come here thinking that it's a level playing field and you'll get it done. You see that illegal immigrants are granted all these immunities. So, hey, you just you just do it. This is – we're taking advantage of so many people through these programs. Not we, but the sinister ones. And here's where we start. That's why I wanted to make mention of that because we'll talk about that, uh, about these organized human and child trafficking organizations. But what you need to see is that we had presidents – yeah, you heard me correctly. Presidents who changed legislation to make child sex, sexual uh, acts and lewd acts against children almost legal. Um, and how I say that is if you commit a crime against a child, there should be no defense to that. You can't say, what do you say? Um, did you have sex with this child? Yes, I did, but it was a mistake. What do you say? Oops, I slipped. Are you kidding? How does that even happen? How does that make sense? I made a mistake. I thought this nine-year-old was really 16. Prove it. Well, he said it. And here's where I will circle to one of these many videos that we have of Joe Biden. Listen to him, what he does. Is this like admittance? Listen. He said, how old are you, 15? He tells him, how old are you, 16? How old are you, 17? He keeps saying that. And it makes you wonder, so if the child tells you this, even though that child clearly looks six, and it's not once or twice, and it's not cute when he sniffs their hair and touches them, and hiatus here. Um, if you're on Twitter, follow Ram Rants, Richard Mills, um, his uh, – Twitter handle is at R-A-M-R-A-N-T-S. He has a pinned tweet where he says it's time to talk about former Vice President Joe Biden, the open sexual predator. And that thread will not only demonstrate to you just how insane this is, but you will be able to understand more from what I wrote. Um, and it's on torysays.com. It's titled Obama's Pedophilia Fixation, illustrated in his EOs, Child Sex, Marriages, and Sharia Loopholes. So everybody knows that Barack Hussein Obama was a Muslim. You know, he can refuse it or whatever, but we've seen it. We know it. And it's like, you know, we all know, but we don't talk about it. And nobody cares, right? Well, we do care because we've seen an uptick in um, – uh, people migrating from countries and um, being provided residency in our country um, that do not uh, comply with our laws. And what I want to say is they, they don't look to integrate. They look to change. And this can be seen clearly from Ilhan Omar, who was just uh, voted in Minnesota to be a congresswoman, who said that she is going to change the way Congress looks. That's the problem. We don't want you to change our country when you come here. We want you to integrate. You need to assimilate. You cannot impose on us laws that do not align with our values and our foundations as a nation. That is huge to think that we have all these people that come here under the cloak of I want a better future for my family or I want to prosper, but instead they come here and change things.
And Obama wasn't the the president that made the changes himself. Bush helped him before. Clinton initiated it. It was a plan. And how many times do I have to say long-term plan? Kind of like JFK said, there is a plan to one day enslave. Yes, there is a plan. Because you can't control 300 million people with your word. If you are 300 and they are 300 million, you need to instill fear. You need to impose. You need to remove the liberties. This is something I talked about yesterday, which I know I was knocked off airwaves. I was knocked off streams. So if it's repetitive, I apologize. But you have to think of it. If I were a leader from this D.C. mafia, I wouldn't be able to tame 300 million people. I could probably do it by force, but no one would cooperate. Um, I would be left with very few people. I'd have to kill, you know, at least half of them, even more. Because, you know, you kill the first 100 million people and then another 100 million rebel because you killed those 100 million. So, yeah, maybe you'll end up with just a third. You don't want that. You need the bodies to produce work for you and serve you and do what you want. So what do you do? You make these people forfeit their liberties voluntarily. You change legislation ever so subtly in every single nook and cranny of the federal laws, especially those that govern the military. Because, you know, bottom line is you can have civilian law, but if you have to instill martial law to whip these people into submission, you need to make sure that you carry over those laws into, right, martial law because you're never going to try your civilians when you actually roll out and activate your plan, you know, where it's like, all right, let's do this. We've set the foundation. Let's do it with civilian law enforcement. You're going to do it with military, which brings me to the whole, why do the police have tanks? I mean, you're my police officer in the community. It's not like you're going up against the tank. Why do you have a tank? This was all part of the plan. Everything is starting to unfold. And so I'm going to show you today this plan of how they legalized child marriages and how Sharia law has creeped into our nation. You know, we see it in France. We see it in Germany. We see it in Sweden. We see it in England where people are out screaming on the streets. The yellow jackets weren't out there because of taxes. They were out because of the Sharia implemented laws. They were out there because they're lowering the age of consent to 11 because they, they arrested Muslims for raping an 11 year old girls. And they were like, but it's a cultural thing. We're allowed to do it in our country. And it's racist and Germany, the same and Sweden, the same. And England, the same. Some guy wants to marry, you know, a six-year-old girl. You know, you can't say no because it's his religion. Someone wants to, you know, have sex with a five-year-old child. You can't say no because it's religious. Someone wants to take a child's genitalia and deform it and remove the clitoris. Female genital mutilation. And like we saw in the United States... 
we can't tell them no because it's their religion. That should tell you all you need to to know. I mean, I am surprised if the mainstream media was indeed the voice of the people, was indeed there to that shares our values, that is there to tell us what is going on, to, to inform us, this would have been a bigger topic. Because this ruling by this federal judge to not push any penalties against the doctors that have you know, executed surgeries of female genital mutilation is incredible in the name of religion. And these are children that aren't old enough to consent. Yes, you can mutilate my body. Yes, you can change the way I will operate for the rest of my life. They can't give consent. But, you know, in Islam, your, po- your parent is implied consent, and that is the law. And FGM, female genital mutilation, is part of their culture and part of their religion. So we can't touch that because we have to respect religious liberties. So now our country has changed, has changed from fostering and saying that our children are the our future to we need to change our laws to conform to Sharia. You know, it's, there's so many people out there talking about this. And you know what? Sharia is fine. If you want to have it, go to the countries that practice it. That's your, that's your thing. That's your, you know, that's what you like to do. You know, you get off, go. You subscribe to it, go. Don't bring it in our country. Our country was never meant to be Sharia compliant. Our country is based on Judeo-Christian values that we've created as a foundation of this nation. We will not alter it for anyone. We will not alter it for, 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 for things that make crimes against children legal. No, we will not. You, when you come to our country, you need to understand that you need to assimilate. Just like if I go to a Sharia law country and don't wear a head cover, I shouldn't be surprised if they lynch me. Because that is their culture. That is the way they are, and I should respect that. So why can't they respect us? Because we're at that point where we have people like Ilhan Omar, who is in a city where we have had a massive push of Sharia law migrants from Somalia. This is why. Because we have judges that will honor our foundations of religious liberty so that they won't get called xenophobes and Islamophobes. When are we going to say that Sharia law can never be taken into account in any legal case? When can we do this? Because having a belief is one thing. Executing the belief and causing harm on another is another, right? We have to draw that distinction. We need to have that conversation. So FGM was one. They've changed the laws and they've made, they're making laws. They're creating the precedent to allow Sharia law to be implemented. Makes me think of that uh, Simpsons episode where, you know, they were talking, Lisa Simpson was talking about how Michigan had Sharia law. I mean, not too off, huh? They just allowed FGM 
to happen and not press charges where they've mutilated children that cannot give consent. And here's the reasoning. Because the only way that you can call that child abuse, right, and here's the key word, is if the action has the intent to humiliate or cause pain on the child. Remember, that's a, that's a favorite word of this D.C. mafia, the Kapal, intent. Remember how Comey kept saying, I don't think Hillary had any intent. Yes, you did. You knew her intentions. You knew what she was doing. But that's a story for another day. But intent is a very key word. And in my article... You will see that legislation was penned by Obama that had the word penis 42 times, vulva 83 times, anus 123 times, the word penetration 59 times, child or or, or children 129 times, and the phrase arouse 86 times. Sounds like something a president should be doing, right? Well, what if I told you he did it five times in his eight years? Five times he sat and created legislation surrounding sexual acts, lewd acts, bestiality, and children. Guys, I can't make this up because if you read the article, there's the proof in the pudding. There's the documentation. I've put the link so you can look through all hundreds of pages. They are changing the law in subtle ways to fly under the radar. And one thing Obama did with four uh, EOs to change these laws is obviously to bypass Congress because some people actually read the legislation. And this is why it's being inserted into our uh, court-martial, you know, the manual for court-martials and, you know, the UCMJ because in the end, when the plan is rolled out, they're not going to be using civilian uh, laws. You know, it's going to come to the point where they will, the the plan was to convince us that we're being terrorized so badly that the only way to fix it is just to take all our guns to make sure that they can control who has a gun because terrorists have guns. And then once they disarm us, they roll out their military to govern us and execute those that will not comply. And then they create this global agreement that that is you know how i foresee the plan is and and how i see it is it's math you know there's so many avenues you can take it's probabilities right it's kind of like the arguments that people make for parallel universes and you know what is that movie sliding doors you know you go through this door or that door and um you know something else happens if you kick a can down the street or you don't you know the butterfly effect well there's only so many scenarios that can play out from the path that they've actually paved And if people are paying attention to legislation, and keep in mind, in this article, I only focused on Article 120 and Rules of Court Martial 916 when there were other factors. There was Rules of Court Martial um, 1001, there was um, Article 134, Article 80. I could have just went really, really deep. But the reason I pointed it out is to show you how methodical they are in shifting legislation ever so subtly and always coupled with the accompanying laws. And you will see how Bill Clinton, rapist, pervert, criminal, impeached Bill Clinton was the one that introduced 
a defense. A defense if you get caught or charged raping a child. He introduced that into legislation that someone should have the defense. And his argument was, well, if the child is at least 12 years old and you can reasonably demonstrate that you thought the kid was 16, then you're good to go. What? No. 16 is a child. You're still a child when you're 25. But still, and what's the fixation with the number 12? 12 is that peripubescent period, right? Where (coughs) you're not in in adolescence, you're pre-adolescent, but you're almost near there. You know, that's a really creepy number, you know, thinking about it, 12. You know, why didn't they say 13 to 16? Why is it 12 to 16? And you'll see that the legislation only refers to crimes between, uh, for ages uh, 12 to 16. And Obama made sure to throw in legislation, one, one specified legislation for children under 12, but omitting it in everything else, which in the law means, well, there's really no law to push against someone for doing something, you know, under that article, I guess, maybe you can use, be creative and use a combination of articles, but under article 120B, if there's only one subsection that refers to children under the age of 12 and for a specific act, then that would infer, right? You can easily imply, and it would yield the notion that, If you rape a child under the age of 12, all the other subsections of these sexual and heinous detailed crimes don't apply. So you can't charge them under Article 120B, which, mind you, is one of the articles that carries, thank you, President Trump, a mandatory minimum sentence. And that's something that he's changed in 2018. So after the break, what I'll do is I will get into it. I will walk you through to show you from 1994 up until the day Anthony Weiner was arrested. And all of a sudden, President Obama wrote this executive order about children and sex. Up until that day, I will show you how they have manipulated words and created the foundation to allow for sex with children and these Sharia loopholes and these defenses that people can use. Uh, this is extremely important. But for me, you know, during the break, maybe you can go to torysays.com. It's on the front. You'll see Obama signing an executive order with children around him, ironically. And you can follow along as I deconstruct this for you. I will see all of you in just a few. Let's grab that coffee. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. All right. Welcome back. I should be 
Free State. Uh, this is the final hour of my two-hour show. Tomorrow we will have Laura Loomer with us. I will be updating that time on Twitter, Gab, and Facebook. So, as promised, and uh, what I hinted about yesterday, because it took me a while to be able to narrow this down, So, because legalese is very difficult to understand. I'm no expert. But if you read something a few times and then you sit back and just let it simmer for a bit, um, it starts to talk to you. So this executive order is, is, is one of... Uh, I, th- I think four that he did. Uh, yeah, he did four, and then one he just did direct amendments to the MCM 2012. Now, MCM, I'm referring to the manual um, for court marshals. So I've been following this stuff, and I saw subtle changes that he did, which then prompted me to see previous versions and compare and see – Article 120, for some reason, because it does carry a mandatory sentence. Now, that has not been changed by them. Maybe that was the next step. Um, You know, I found intriguing. But I also found intriguing, um, you know, the introduction of uh, the rule of court-martial 916J uh, mistake. Uh, The mistake claim, like... I made a mistake, which then Obama changed to ignorance of fact and mistake of fact. Um, so now we're claiming ignorance, which then ties into the previous one, which was created a burden of proof where supposedly if you want to plea insanity or that you have a mental disorder, keep in mind, not that you're like super crazy, but you have some psychological mental disorder that causes you to do things, then the burden of proof is on you. Man, if I'm rich, you better believe I will have the top doctors writing letters and telling you I have whatever I need to tell you I have so that I get off. What? So I prove it to you. Do you contest it? Maybe, maybe not. Like, how do you contest it? How do you contest something that is totally in my head? And here's where that ties in. Well, haven't we seen in the past five years a jump, a spike of people pushing acceptance towards pedophiles and labeling it as a mental disorder? So now we will have people getting caught having sex with children and going in front of a judge and pleading with the judge that they are sick and they need help and they can't help themselves because the doctors say that's the way it is. So there's a lot of moving parts when you want to change a society is what I'm trying to get to you. It's not just the legislation. It's having the influencers Hollywood. It's having the TED Talks that tell you about it. It's creating this relationship with specific communities. And you know, where are all my gays at? Why aren't you pissed? We've got pedophiles piggybacking on our LGBTQ movements, right, to slide in. They're literally associating. And Desmond is amazing is just one example. You know, that 10-year-old kid that gets dressed up like a drag queen and dances promiscuously that only last week was in New York in a nightclub, which, by the way, you have to be over 21 to get into first, but was in there dancing and collecting paper dollar from the floor while he was dancing promiscuously. How is this even okay? How is, how is CPS not knocking down the door of his parents? 
this is this is a concerted effort then then they activate all areas the mainstream media your hollywood these cultural injections these you know lifestyle changes uh, this is how they do it along with the law to make it legal and boom you're done cultural acceptance and you know this is circling back to gulen okay let's just circle back to him quickly Gulen, the Turkish guy who's sitting in Pennsylvania that, you know, Erdogan's like, give me him, give me him, you know, from Turkey, uh, give him up. And they were like, oh, you know, um, General Friend was working with these Turkish people that were spies, which one of them, by the way, who was part of the FISA warrant and has been indicted for, you know, uh, lobbying for a foreign agent, as, uh, acting as a foreign agent, right? He's been indicted, Right. He was part of the reason that they got a FISA warrant on General Flynn. So they get this FISA warrant on General Flynn claiming that this guy is acting like a foreign agent. But that same guy who has been indicted as a foreign agent and was part of that FISA warrant was also working with the ODNI transition team for Obama between November, between October and um, October 2016 and January 2017. How is that even possible? Like timeline makes no sense. Makes no sense. So the FBI, the ODNI, CIA, the administration knew this guy was acting on behalf of a foreign government, but they had him working with 17 intelligence communities to transition Obama's team over to President Trump. Are we kidding? They're so out there. They're so in your face that we have just become numb. We're not seeing things that you're just like, what? That's insane. Just like I'm telling you, this is insane. How does a president pen something with the word penis 42 times and the word vulva 83 times and penetration and anus and nobody bats an eyelash? Nobody. So descriptive. And you know, my favorite one of the legis- in that executive order, just to show you how sick these people are, because these people are sick. Right? Is his uh, actual jargon for bestiality. You know, bestiality is like raping animals or having sex or relationships, believe it or not, with animals. And he defines it bestiality, that the accused engaged in unnatural carnal copulation with an animal. The explanation for that is it is unnatural carnal copulation for a person to take into that person's mouth or anus the sexual organ of another person or of an animal or to place that person's sexual organ in the mouth or the anus of the other person or of that animal or to have carnal copulation in any opening of the body except sexual parts. So, you know, traditional copulation, which would be, you know, vulva penis is okay with another person or to have copulation with an animal. So, This wording tells you, oh, you know, you can't have sex with an animal or another person that's not, like, traditional, right, where, you know, sexual parts interact only. So, basically, it clearly tells you that if you use your sexual part on an animal's sexual part, then you're okay, and anus doesn't count, of course, because that's not the purpose of the anus. So... And then it goes further to give a defense, which is for purposes of this article, the term 
unlawful force, you know, raping the animal, means an act of force done without legal justification or excuse. Whoops. There's your excuse. Religion. I identify as a sheep. I identify as a goat. Those are all excuses because people are mentally insane. We have people that identify as whatever they want these days. You can see them. They will have boobs. They will be wearing heels and lipstick and say, "Why did you just assume my gender? I don't know. It kind of looked like a girl, so she looks pretty appropriate. Nope. I identify as this. There are people that identify as animals. And it's, you know, wrong for you to tell them, uh, so you're not a cat. And it's like, I'm offended. You know, this is where we're at. So that's actually a defense. And we could classify that into the burden of proof of, you know, mental disorders. And then we have the justification or excuse, which we could use religious purposes. Who's one to say? I mean, we have, what are they called? Pastafarians? <laughs> Where they believe in like this pasta monster and they wear like a colander on their head. That's like a real thing for anyone that doesn't know. So you can't tell them, you know, the guy took a picture with his, um, first driver's license with a, a strainer on his head because he said, you know, I'm pastafarian and I, believe that there's a giant pasta monster or whatever with long spaghetti tentacles like this is real you can't make it up and it's been legitimized you know so this is what i'm trying to tell you that it's all about the wording because that wording tells you oh yeah so he's like cracking down on people abusing animals that can't speak and defend themselves well no he's not he's telling you you can do it but you can't just do it you know in a rough way you can't do it you know the ottoman way that's what the nice way of saying you know anus right you can't do it that way you can't you know do the whole fellatio but you could do it normally that's fine and you can't do it by force unless it's a religious reason or you know it's a kind of thing you do you know there's no excuse unless it's you can't do it by force unless there's a a legitimate uh, justification or excuse and I'd like to know unlawful force like when is there ever um, legal justification for imposing sexual actions with force I mean you know okay maybe S&M but you know then you wouldn't get a complaint you know because they want it so it's, you know, think about it. Think about the wording on that while I start to delve into you and showcase to you just how sick these people are. So, like I said, this has been something that I've wanted to talk about. But people, well, the mainstream media and people that prefer to keep their heads buried in the sand and avoid looking at the reality because it is a very painful reality. Just to think that right now a child is going through something like that. Right now. Infants. Remember, Mike Cernovich had someone who was attacking him, who was the head of um, the organization that looks after or helps and uh, support children that have been victims of sexual abuse, right? So the president of that organization was literally caught in a sting with the police legit where an undercover cop you know was chatting with him and he was sending him pictures of his penis in an infant not a child an infant you know he was asking him hey buddy can i come over to your place and have sex you know do no it was oral sex with your 11 year old girl and they were discussing that and they arrested him this is the guy that's supposedly protecting these children yet he's been penetrating infants like You have to think about it. Like, what kind of sick person would do that? How is that okay? 
Are they going to convince us that they consented because they gargled? You know, they've put this label of conspiracy theory. And it's like, it's not a conspiracy theory if it's true. And what does conspiracy mean? It means that people are working together to do something. And they are. Because the cabal, the mafia in D.C. is literally getting together and conspiring to change our nation, to change our foundation, and to make things like this okay. So the piece of legislation uh, that defines um, sexual crimes, not only against kids, but bestiality, as we said, is the unnatural carnal copulation of a person, right? The carnal desire, that animalistic desire. Now, we all know that executive orders, why do presidents use them? Usually they do it if they're in a hurry to do something, right? And they're just like, yeah, I'm not going to wait for this. But the purpose of this existence is literally to bypass Congress. And not only bypass Congress, but actually have the force of law while they do it. So think about it. On September 16, 2016, Anthony Weiner was arrested just a few days before that. You know, the whole sexting thing happened, and then his laptop was confiscated. You know, they couldn't do anything about it because they didn't know what was going on. You know, they found out um, toward the end of September. So it seems very timely that President Obama would decide to alter for the fifth time during his reign, right, as president, for the fifth time. I mean, that just shows an unnatural, like, why would you spend five years out of your eight-year term, which two of them were just spent campaigning, not really working, so actually over 75, 80% of your term fixated on fixing the jargon in regards to child sex, sexual acts, and murder. Because that's going to be another segment of what types of murders are murder and what ritualistic things are. Guys, this stuff is in our legislation. Insane, but it is. And here's the thing. It's not in the civilian one so much. Like they tweak the civilian one a bit. But not so much because states control it and people can see that, right? Especially like in a state like mine where there's 700,000 people, you know, 10 people read that legislation. You know everybody else is going to know about it because they'll talk about it. So where did he put it? He, they've all fixated on fixing and altering the United States Code Military Justice. So, so United Code of Military Justice – governs anyone that's military, anyone that would be considered military. Now, with the new executive order that our president puts, it includes civilians too, which is fabulous. But the thing is, the reason that they did that is the only time you can use that law uh, upon a civilian is when you have martial law. And like I've said, the plan was to take over our country, right? To, 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 to make us this globalist community. So at some point, they knew in the future, either that be 5, 10, or 20 years, they were going to use martial law. And it's great to just have it there because in 20 years, everyone will have forgotten that we legalized child sex, and that we legalize ritualistic murders because it's actually part of law. So here's the thing. So it's September 16, 2016. In, in, you know, the House is literally passing through the Military Justice Act of 2016. 
And, you know, easily Obama could just insert something he wants, but he doesn't. You know, he signed that into law, by the way, on the 23rd of, tw- of 2016. But he altered the code. See, the, the Military Justice Act by Congress was being passed. And he, get this, get this, pay attention to what your Senate and Congress were focusing on in 2016. It clearly was created because it was apparently the definition of sexual act under Article 120B, which refers to child rape, was both overly broad and it captured non-sexual acts and unduly narrow. It didn't include all of the prohibited acts involving children that are listed in Title 18 U.S. Code 2246. What? So can we see a trend here? Can we see that not only President Obama but your senators and congressmen were fixated on creating, you know, laws Uh, you know, fixing, you know, laws for our military, you know, (laughs) for our court martials to be more lenient and very specific when it comes to raping children. Can we just swallow that for a second? Right? Incredible, right? So what, all of them are on the same page? Of course, they're all part of the cabal. So... Like I said, Obama's was very detailed and very vulgar. But here's where where we're going to start. I'd like to, like I said, I'm picking two things within the manual for court-martial, which I'm referring to as an MCM. Article 120, and then Rule of Court-Martial 916, and specifically subsection J. Because there is subsection B that Bill Clinton inserted, but we'll get to that. So... Between 1994 and 2001, former impeached President Bill Clinton made some changes on how raping of a child is handled. Uh, The laws evolved. They showed some tolerance because the law actually stated uh, it was only 120 then. There was no 120B. Now it's 120A, B, and C. Um, And the title has changed from rape and carnal knowledge. That's what it was called. Rape and carnal knowledge. Carnal meaning, you know, uh, animalistic desires, you know, doing it through the wrong place, you know. Um, And this is why, you know, there's a theme saying, you know, when you're in the military, if you get caught not in the missionary position, it's against the law. This is where it comes from, right? Because the UCMJ... Uh, You know, it could be interpreted that, you know, it's part of carnal knowledge. So anyway, so it says in in subsection, it it says Article 120, the text part, A, B, says any person subject to this chapter who under circumstances not amounting to rape commits an act of sexual intercourse with a female, so males were completely uncovered by the law here, um, not his wife, who has not attained the age of 16 years, is guilty of carnal knowledge and shall be punished as court-martial may direct. So basically rape. And rape uh, under this is defined as that the accused committed an act of sexual intercourse with a certain female, that the female was not the accused wife, so he cheated, and that the act of sexual intercourse was done by force and without consent. Now, one thing you need to know is that Children are not mentioned in this. It just states the age of the woman that's not the wife, but nowhere does it say raping kids, okay, except for carnal knowledge. 
And we go to that where it's like, and it's part two of elements, of the elements part of this article. And it reads, uh, carnal knowledge. A, that the accused committed an act of sexual intercourse with a certain female. B, that the female was not the accused wife, so he cheated, right? And C, that at the time of sexual intercourse, that female was under six years of age. So that was it. If you were under 16, you were doing something carnic, something animalistic, something wrong. And that's it. And see, the thing is, the UCMJ used to have portions which were called discussions, and they would give examples, you know, to help guide, you know, one Judd panels, you know, um, on how it should go. And it clearly states um, that examples um, of such uh, offenses, but here's where it does it. It does it in the rules, right? Because that's where you guide the judge, with the rules of the way the court should work. So here's where we go to the rule of court-martial 916J, and it's called ignorance or mistake of fact, right? And it says, except as otherwise provided by the subsection, it is a defense to an offense that the accused held as a result of ignorance or mistake, an incorrect belief of a true circumstance of that blah, 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 blah. And here is where they have the discussion. And in the discussion it says, examples of offenses in which the accused intent or knowledge is immaterial include carnal knowledge, accused's knowledge of the age of victim is immaterial. Immaterial. If you commit things that are considered carnal knowledge, right, bestiality or by force uh, sexual imposition, the age is immaterial. Nobody cares. If it's a kid, you're done. I don't care if they're 14. I don't care if they're 15. I don't care if they're turning 16 tomorrow. They're a kid. You're done. No excuses. It says impo- improper use of countersign, um, mistake as to authority of the person whom disclosed is not a defense. And such ignorance or mistake may be relevant um, in extenuation and mitigation. However, when considering children, that's not considered. Okay? So that was 1994, right? And that's the MCM inherited from Reagan, all right, and kind of tweaked. But it was still okay. And here, you know, we see that sexual um, – we see that changes are being made in 1995 through executive orders where the the – the, de- the definition of rape is changed where it's now the accused committed an act of sexual intercourse and that the act of sexual intercourse was done by force and without consent. So it's no, no longer, you know, this just an act, you know, a force. It's you committed an act of sexual intercourse, so it defines it. Um, it defines that. And, again, carnal knowledge is pretty much untouched. It talks about penetration talks about how ever so slight it still does it but it only talks about girls now in 1996 is when they started to develop uh this whole gender neutral thing because obviously men are also victim to rape i mean it's usually the little boys that are the ones that are raped by pedophiles Uh, for some reason there's a fixation on little boys so in 1998, uh, 1996, they gender neutralized it, right? And it's no longer female or wife. It's just a person. And under the authority, the article on rape and carnal knowledge changed, like seriously changed. 
And at that point, he introduced the idea that if the child was at least 12 years old at the time of the act and you believe that the child was 16, that was a defense. So this is the time that we see impeached, rapist, pervert, Bill Clinton introduce into law a defense for having sex with a child to claim ignorance and define the ages between 12 and 16 to be considered a child that is debatable and that in a way they had consent. Like there's other articles that infer that they've tweaked to make it seem. So when you use them in combination and you have a good lawyer, they use a bunch of references, right? So they've created articles to make it look like a defense of consent and all. This is incredible. This is your law. So uh, we will reconvene on this from 1998 right after the break, so I can show you just how this escalated, but this was the tipping point. I'll see you back in a few. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is 
now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. is flying by like seriously all right so where was i 1998 right so we noticed a shift um it was actually put into the mcm by bill clinton introduced by executive order in um, 1996 where he introduced a defense to child rape so he gave that but he also made changes now if you look at um the article on torysays.com, you will see I have a picture of Bill Clinton on the Lolita Express with one of his, um, one of the people he owned. And um, she actually came out during, you know, the uh, presidential elections and claimed that uh, she was a victim of Donald Trump. But then when that picture surfaced of her and Clinton on Epstein's jet, she quickly withdrew, of course. So anyway... Back to Article 20. So that was actually changed. Um, It was changed in 1998 a lot. It was expanded. So where we had like two little subsections on the text and, you know, one paragraph for carnal knowledge, now it was being broken down into subsections. So we were getting a little bit more detailed because with every subsection comes a different sentence and different applicable um, statutes that can be added to it and then different defenses and rules that can be applied. You know, this is the trick. Okay, you take one subsection, you're like subsection this, I'm going to try you with this. And then you have like three remedies, you know, on rules of court martial to quash that as a defense. And then you can use another supporting article. So it's pretty insane. This is this is why, you know, a good lawyer is pretty awesome at putting this together. I'm just good at puzzles. So, you know, I've been reading this for a very long time. So this is why I'm able to extract this. So here's the thing. Uh, so remember, uh, for rape and carnal knowledge, still the same title at this time, right? 1998, same title. It says that any person subject to this chapter under circumstances not amounting to rape, right, commits an act of sexual intercourse with a person who is his, who is not his or her spouse and who has not attained the age of 16 years, is guilty of carnal knowledge and shall be punished as court-martial may direct. And then there's a new subsection in the text, subsection D, and it says, in prosecution under subsection B, which is what I just read you about sexual intercourse with a spouse or someone that's not turned 16 yet, it says in prosecution under that subsection, it is is an affirmative defense. So this is written in the article that A, the person with whom the accused committed the act of sexual intercourse had at the time of the alleged offense attained the age of 12 years. What? So, so if you're being tried under article 120 subsection B for having sexual intercourse with someone that's not your wife or husband or with someone that's not turned 16 yet, it is a defense. So it's an affirmative defense. If you've had, if me, who's being accused of having this sexual intercourse at the time 
that the alleged offense attained that the person, the victim, is at least 12 years old, or that the that me, the accused, reasonably believed that the person at the time of the alleged offense was at least 16. Like what? Guys, this is written into the law, which is used to prosecute. It says, here's the affirmative defense for it. If the victim was at least 12 years old and if, and, or if the person thought the person was 16, like this is what Bill Clinton did. He made it okay to have sex with kids that at least have turned 12. So between the ages of 12 and 16, they're free game. As long as you believe that they're 16, like this is pure insanity. And then it also says on the cardinal knowledge, here's where it breaks down into three subsections that the accused committed an act of sexual intercourse with a certain person, that the person was not the accused spouse, and that at the time of sexual intercourse, the person was under 16. So now we're breaking it down into sections. Um, but the paragraph in regards to the rule, the, the rule 916, uh, that defense pretty much didn't completely state change until that point. So this is where it gets a little bit crazy. So ignorance, mistake, or fact was just generally, right? It was just like, except otherwise provided as a defense to say the accused held ignorance or mistake, right? But suddenly Bill Clinton inserted a part two to that mistake. And it's clearly labeled carnal knowledge, which didn't exist before. And now it says it's a defense for prosecution for carnal knowledge that at the time of the sexual intercourse, the person with whom the accused had sexual intercourse was at least 12 and the accused reasonably believed was at least 16 years of age. The accused much proved this defense, um, you know, by preponderance of the evidence, blah, blah, blah. But, but... Here's the thing. He threw that in saying, well, if the victim's at least 12, you could probably get away with it, but still maintain that discussion portion where it says examples of offenses in which the accused intent or knowledge is immaterial include carnal knowledge if the victim is under 12 years old. So he left that in 1998. You're going to see it ex exit, make its exit real quick soon. So now we fast forward to you know, Bush 43, Mr. 9-11, right? And here's where the line gets blurred. This is what they're doing. They're trying to blur the line of adolescence, pre-adolescence. Now, Bush really expanded things, really. So 2005 wasn't very eventful, not, not any changes in regards to those. Other articles were touched, but they're not as significant as Article 120 and, um, the rule of court martial 916J. So it, it changed, Bush changed uh, the RCM, you know, the rule of court martial 916J to in order to be more aligned with 120, but it, it was subtle. But in 2007 is when Bush 43 reared his head and gave a severe overhaul to the rule of court martial 916 and article 120 extensively um, using an executive order, 13447. And he signed that into law September 2007. And, uh, you know, it was implemented right before he handed the reins over to former President Barack Hussein Obama um, because that was actually implemented in the MCM of uh, 2008, right? 
So what he did was he expanded. I'm not going to go too far into detail because I'm, I'm like already running out of time. I can't believe it. But this is where creeping Sharia comes in. Article 120 is now changed. Instead of uh, rape and carnal knowledge, it's called rape, sexual assault, and other sexual misconduct. And it was extremely expanded. Expanded to the point that um, Article 120 AD, A through D, you know how I told you that that little D subsection popped up? Now, from having one little corner on the page, like maybe like, you know, one-eighth of a page as you read it on the Library of Congress, it's now over five pages. Like, what? And this is how we can focus on this creeping Sharia stuff coming in. So it was so many subsections. Now we're going to subsection O, age of a child. And it starts first, 12 years. In prosecution under subsection B, which is the rape of a child, subsection G, aggravated assault, just listen to all these new subsections he puts, or subsection J, indecent liberty with a child, it need not be proven that the accused knew that the other person engaging in the sexual act, contact, or liberty had not attained the age of 12. So keep in mind, you heard that, right? We're on O, and set the section B, right? 120B, rape of a child, and then the other things that fall under, which is C, D, E, F, and only G counts. So if you're 12 and you're trying someone under just rape of the child, aggravated sexual contact with the child, and in, in uh, indecent liberty with the child, so B, G, and J, then, you know, it doesn't matter what age if the child – you know, if the child was under 12, you're just done. It doesn't matter if you thought they were 16, if they're 12, if they're 10, if they're nine, we don't care at that point. It's immaterial. All right. If they're, if they have not turned 12 and you thought it doesn't matter, but in all the other subsections, so that would be C D E F and then H I K L. Uh, it does count M N. It does count. It does count. So, Basically, 12 is a no-go zone under 12 for only those three subsections out of all of, the, all of them that he created. Then it goes to subs, uh, then it goes to 16 years. <coughs> and it says, in a prosecution under subsection D, aggravated assault of a child, subsection F, what happened to B? So we're D for David, but no B. A subsection F, sexual abuse of a child. Um, so subsection F was not included in the 12-year-old one, right? which is uh, called abusive sexual contact, uh, aggravated sexual abuse of the child. If they're under 12, it doesn't matter. Did you understand what I'm trying to tell you? That they say if the child is under 12, there is no defense if they're under 12 for only rape of child, aggravated sexual contact, or indecent liberty. But if there's aggravated sexual abuse of a child, aggravated sexual assault of a child, abusive sexual contact with a child, and other subsections like J, <laughs> that it's, it, it, their age is irrelevant. So it could be an infant and you would be tried the same as someone who was 15. Like seriously. That's basically it. Nobody cares. The law does not apply to children under 12 in those areas. That's what I'm trying to point out. So he made it clear. And also ensured that an affirmative defense that the accused reasonably believed that the child had already attained the age of 16 years. 
So if the child was 12 and the child said, oh, yes, I'm 16, that's an affirmative defense. Maybe this is why I said Joe Biden keeps telling kids, are you 16? Are you 17? Ha-ha. When you know that they're, they still have their baby teeth in their mouth. You know, maybe that's, that's good enough for them. So we see it um, creep into MC, uh, the MCM 208, 2008 is where this was implemented. And we see something crazy creep in. Under this, subs- under this article, and it is marriage. And marriage is defined for the purposes of this subsection. A marriage is a rela- relationship recognized by the laws of a competent state or foreign jurisdiction. Do you get me now? A foreign jurisdiction. And the marriage exists unless it's dissolved according to the laws of a competent state or foreign jurisdiction. How is this happening? This was implemented in 2008, at the end of 2008. Thank you, Bush 43, right? And here's where he amended um, the um, 916, the rule the rule of court-martial 916. Like I told you, I've been focusing on 916 subsection B, but he reworded 916 subsection B when J is the one that always moves. And here's what he did. He put in a subsection called mistake of fact as to age. Very specific. In the defense of mistake of fact as to age is described in part four, you know, section O, the one about 12 years old, in a prosecution of a sexual offense with a child under article 120, the accused has the burden of proving mistake of fact as to age by preponderance of evidence. After they meet the burden, the prosecution shall have the burden of proving beyond reasonable doubt that the defense did not exist. So that's number one. He added mistake of fact of age and how the burden is distributed. So now he's created the legal jargon to tell you how you can prove and what you have to do and what the rules are in in mistakes of as far as to ages of your victim. Next, mistake of fact is to consent. So here it clearly tells you that anything under Article 120A, rape, 120C, aggravated assault, 120E, aggravated sexual contact, 120H, abusive sexual content, uh, mistake of fact, uh, you know, you have to prove um, consent. So there you can debate and prove consent. Now, rape of a child, obviously mistake of fact to consent, you can't really say it because children can't have consent, so that wasn't put in there, right? So now we go to RCM, the rule of court martial 916J that I'm talking about, where he amended number two. He changed the carnal knowledge portion that was created by Clinton and put in child sexual offense. And he said, it is a defense. So this is the rule for mistake and ignorance, right? He changed carnal knowledge to child sexual offenses. And it reads, it is a defense for a prosecution for Article 120D, which is aggravated sexual assault of a child, 120F, aggravated sexual abuse of a child, IJ, liberty, etc. At the time of the offense, if the child was at least 12 years old. So all of these, if the kid was at least 12, it's all good. And then he recommended and amended and added a new paragraph, paragraph three, which came after the discussion since it was new, which is called sexual offenses, where he literally calls out child sex and talks about how being ignorant that you're not supposed to be doing things like that. Like, really, who doesn't know that you are not supposed to be having sex with a child? So he created all these child sexual offenses 
uh, said uh, where mistake can be applied in, in certain areas, and that was it. And he changed the burden of proof. He added mistake as fact is to age and mistake as fact is to consent. They were changing the law to find reasoning as to why they are having sex with children. So, you know, we're seeing uh, people tweeting about it. Laura Loomer actually wrote a great article the other day about someone criticizing pedophilia and being banned from Twitter. But, you know, the pedophiles themselves, you know, don't. She wrote that on Big League Politics. Great article. Great read. But we're seeing it all over. Everyone's saying, like, what is going on with these pedos? You know, Germany is up in arms. France is burning. They're literally on fire and they're complaining. And and I actually put one article, which was written um, a while back, which is France is considering a change to the law surrounding sexual consent after two men were acquitted of raping two 11-year-old girls. What? So here's where we step into Obama's MCM 2012. Three EOs and the latest EO... Um, four in total, and then, you know, his MCM contribution, and then his MCM 2016 contribution. That's six times our manual for court-martials has been changed by President Obama, and every single time it's circling around sexual contact with children, uh, ritualistic murders, that's another segment I'll do at some point, um, death, um, and death and just murder in general. And if a baby, this is really creepy, if there is murder of an unborn child, if you take it out of the mother's womb, you know, how there's defenses for that and how you don't get in trouble for that. Because if the mother consented to it, then you could take the baby out and kill it. Like, I am not making this up. This is like literally in the law. And President Trump changed that too here in 2008 he like reworded everything and in a way it actually made abortion illegal which i'm glad it flew under the radar and no one looked at that because it literally made abortion illegal uh just like that under court martial which is pretty cool um because i'm all for that uh, so basically for, uh, for, for the first thing obama did was further reinforce that burden of proof remember where um you know, uh, Bush inserted uh, the whole, hey, mistake of age and hey, mistake of consent. Well, Obama changed the second part of burden of proof where he calls lack of mental responsibility. So the accused actually has the burden of proving the defense of lack of mental responsibility by clear and convincing evidence. But here's the kicker. Remember how in the other ones it said after you prove it, you know, beyond a doubt, then the prosecution has their turn to prove that there was no defense that existed? Well, that's not part of this legislation. It just stops right there. It just says you have to prove it. So, yeah, if you've got deep pockets, you can have a lot of people prove a lot of things. But here's where it's interesting. He changes Article 120 and creates it as Article 120A, 120B, 120C now. So it's completely different. And here's where uh, concerning changes happen, which is under 16 years, he puts a note first that the statute only applies to offenses committed on or after uh, the 20th of June 2012. And that Article 120B is a new statute designed to address 
only child sexual offenses. So they've created just a simple pocket of it. Just that. Previous versions of child sexual offenses are located as follows. For offenses committed on or before the 30th of September 2007, see Appendix 27, blah, 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 blah. So there's a time thing. So under 16 years in a prosecution under this section, it need not be proven that the accused knew that the other person engaging in the sexual act or lewd act had not attained the age of 16 years. But it is a defense in the prosecution under subsection B. What? So under Article 120, but subsection B, which is the sexual assault of a child, you know, their age doesn't matter uh, except for subsection B, sexual assault, subsection C, sexual abuse of the child. This is incredible. And if the child had, in fact, attained at least the age of 12, again, circling back with the 12. So then he further reinforces the text of the statute with marriage. Listen to how marriage changes here. In a prosecution under subsection B, which is the rape of a child, sexual assault of a child, or sexual abuse of a child, it is a defense which the accused must prove by preponderance of the evidence that the persons engaging in the sexual or lewd act were at the time married to each other, except where the accused commits a sexual act upon the person when the accused knows or reasonably should know that the other person is asleep, unconscious, or otherwise aware, unaware that the sexual act is occurring, or when the other person is in- incapable of consenting to the sexual act due to impairment by any drug, intoxicant, or other similar substance, so very specific of not being able. So if a baby, which we know is incapable of making decisions and is not competent to make a decision, that doesn't count. It means when they're incapable of consenting to the sexual act due to impairment by any drug, intoxicant, or other similar substance, and that condition was known or reasonably should have been known by the accused. So wait a minute. So as long as you can prove that you're married to this infant that you are, you are sexually assaulting, as you can prove that and that you have no intent to be malicious, but it's your duty as a husband or a wife, right, to do it under Sharia, then the only time that marriage doesn't count is if that infant can't make a decision, not because it's an infant and it can't talk, but because it's drugged. Do you see what I'm saying? Look at the way it changed. Because before it said not competent to make a decision, which was very broad, which would include age. Because, you know, children under the age of 16 can't give consent. So here's where this conflicts. It literally knocks out the law within the same statute that says children under the age of 16 cannot, you know, legally give consent. But this subsection says, well, as long as the child is married, that doesn't apply here. Are you seeing what I'm showing you? And here's where we go boom nuts. In September 2016, where, you know, Anthony Reno was just arrested, he changed wording and he put subsection A, rape of a child who has not attained the age of 12. And the subsection reads that the accused did so with the intent with the intent to abuse, humiliate, harass, or degrade any person or to arouse or gratify the sexual desire of any person. So the only time rape of a child who has not attained the age of 12 applies is if there's intent, 
right? And that at the time that the sexual act, the child had not attained the age of 12, you know, because they're under 12, of course, and that the accused committed the sexual act upon a child causing penetration, however slight, of the vulva, anus, or mouth of the child by any part of the body or any object. So that's what rape of the child is defined as. But you need to have these things. So one, obviously, child is under 12, has not attained the age of 12. Penetrated the child, done, that's rape. But you don't fulfill the thing that you didn't do it to abuse it, humiliate it, harass, degrade, or arouse or gratify the sexual desire of any person. You could say, Allah says I'm supposed to do it. Or you could say, you know, my pastafarian monster told me to do it. Or you could say, I love them and there is no intent and I just want to show love. Can that be construed as desire? This is where we're at, guys. They've totally legalized having sex with a child. As long as you can excuse it. And the thing is, our president, I knew he was going to fix it. Because I'm just going, because I'm actually out of time again. Uh, President Trump, his executive order that everyone's talking about, the law of war, we're under the law of war, it it clearly states... Jurisdiction for certain sexual offenses. Only a general court-martial has the jurisdiction to try offenses under Article 120A-B, 120B-A, and 120B-B. That's what he put down right with the law of war. And also he created a new section, sexual-related offenses, where he said for purposes of this subsection, sex-related offenses means any allegation of a violation of Article 120, 120B, 120C, or 130, or any attempt thereof under Article one, uh, under Article 80. It also states that the victim <clears throat> will be provided the opportunity to tell to express their view and um, decide if they want it in civilian court or court martial. But here's where it gets really cool. Similar crimes to sexual offenses. In a court-martial proceeding for a sexual offense, the military judge may admit evidence that the accused committed any other sexual offense. So all of them together can be added in. There is no separation. And here's where he did it. He defined the word child to mean any person below the age of 16. There is no, I'm 12, I'm 16. And he clearly said, in regards to rape of a child, Under 12 years old, in a prosecution under this section, it need not be proven that the accused knew the age of the person engaging in sex. So nobody cares about the age, and it is not a defense uh, that the accused reasonably believed that the child had attained the age of 12. This is what our president did. It is the most under-discussed achievement he has done as president. He has arrested more child traffickers and pedophiles in under 22 months than four administrations put together. In 2019, I expect this disgusting insurance policy to be eradicated. Thank you, President Trump, for saving our children. On that note, have a great evening. And I'll see you here tomorrow, same time, same place. (laughs) 